Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Lighthouse Look Back. My name is Noel Fogelman. Be sure to subscribe to the Lighthouse Hockey channel on iTunes and wherever podcasts are found. Lighthouse Lookback is a podcast where we catch up with former Islanders, whether they have played one game or hundreds with the team. Peter Menino signed with the Islanders in 2008 following four seasons at the University of Denver, where he won the 2005 NCAA championship. In his first professional season, Peter played with the Utah Grizzlies of the ECHL and the Bridgeport Sound Tigers of the AHL. Neil earned his first NHL win in his second start, stopping 40 of 42 shots against the Chicago Blackhawks. In total, Nino played three games with the Islanders. Following the season, Nino signed with the Atlanta Thrashers, who later became the Winnipeg Jets. Find out what Peter is doing now. Yeah, I'm the uh, head coach of the Des Moines Buccaneers, the United States Hockey League. Uh, you know, uh, to me, we, uh, we're biased, but you know, we pick up the uh, best the world here, the most draft picks that come out of the league, and uh, the, the uh, franchise of the Black Buccaneers is one of the uh, most historic in the league, and uh, it's very, uh, very fortunate to be a part of um, this organization and a piece of their history going forward, and uh, we're just creating a culture here, and really like the area, really like the support we get from ownership and the, uh, and the community, it's just out yeah, that's where I am now with my family, and we really enjoy uh, playing Iowa quite a bit. Yeah. When you were wrapping up your um, your playing career, did you ever think about coaching? That's funny you say that. I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of mentors and friends that coach. Uh, uh, one in particular is uh, Eric Lalonde. He's with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, he 
he uh, coached me when I was at Denver. Uh, I was going to school, and when I signed uh, with the Islanders uh, that year, he's like, you know, this summer you gotta come with me to some um, camps because you're gonna be a coach someday. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. It was my first year from pro hockey, and um, and I did. I went to the different uh, U.S. festivals with them, and I did that for about four plus years in the summertime while I was playing professional hockey. And I did like it. I would do private lessons, uh, interaction with uh, you know, different players, eating families. Uh, it definitely sparked interest. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a priority, obviously, at the time I was playing, but uh, being able to do that and help kind of reverse the uh, look at the game and, and be able to preach it and talk it and use my uh, first-hand experience to help people was really uh, something special that it stuck with me for sure. So when my time was coming to an end, Right. I, I know like goalies kind of get pigeonholed for the most part to be like goaltending, you know, coaches and stuff like that. Right. Uh, did you ever like picture yourself as a full-time head coach or was it always, eh, I'll, you know, I'll end up being, you know, yeah. a, a goalie coach sometime. Right. Yeah, no, it's exactly like I would do private lessons, obviously goalies, you know, and when I went to those camps, they had a lot of focus work position. Uh, but when I retired, I was doing uh, different lessons. Uh, the assistant coach now with the uh, National Predators and Buttes. Uh, I was, I, was, I had some European offers. I was kind of seeing what was next. My daughter was born uh, the last game of the year uh, when I was with Binghamton at the American Hockey League. And I was kind of really having a fork in the road to do next. You know, and, uh, when, when she came to do our lives, my, my wife and I it was like, you know, the time to start something different or do we want to go overseas for the first time? Really hard because you have a lot of passion for the position you play, 
and it's pretty, you know, it's a, more of a seamless transition. You're not putting yourself potentially like a, a, a you know, an uncomfortable position. You're not knowing certain things. I like that. I like the challenge and the growth and learning the game more uh, from the kind of jet and coaching type. That's where it led me. Right. Now, like, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, you don't think that'd be like kind of like a hotbed of, of hockey. Um, how is like the recruiting process? Do you get like getting local kids or like I know because, you know, Michigan's yeah. not too far away with Michigan, Michigan State and obviously Minnesota. So how difficult is it to kind of like recruit kids to actually play in Des Moines? Well, the unique thing about our league is uh, it's a draft league. Right. OK. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're a draft league. Uh, there's two different two different drafts, there's the underage and then there's a draft that basically ages out to the 21, 20, 21 year old. Um, so, you know, you acquire players through evaluating, recruiting, um, you still have to recruit them and you have to have an experience develop a model where kids will want to come to play. So we're talking about, like I said at the very beginning, these are the guys that all want to uh, play at the best division one colleges. They're all, majority will all move on. There's an NHL contract signed by that of our league as well. That's how that's how close it is. So for us in the point and our coaching staff and our management and ownership is all about developing, making sure that we're doing the right thing because when you draft a kid or you recruit him or whatever it might be, or there's particular situations where kids are drafted and you bring them in and you acquire their rights uh, through playing at a certain amount of you have to have something that they want to come and be a part of. you got to show that you're more into that on and off the ice to become the better individuals and uh, we pride ourselves in that like you said that that's what we have to do we have to have that we have to have the resolve and we have to be 100% dedicated to those kids that believe in that uh, so when we do drafts that you have to you have to recruit them you have to have them come to camp you got to meet them you got to showcase what they're all about and uh, you got to play all age groups you can't just play older guys you can't go too young you got to find that mix and balance it's a special league. It really is. Right. And then, you know, speaking of playing in the league and being drafted, uh, Kyle Opozo played, you know, he, he was a Buccaneer and then got drafted, you know, yeah. from the league, you know, to former Islander before he went to Minnesota. But does your, um, like, background, obviously, would he get a NCAA title playing, you know, many years, you know, professional hockey playing, you know, in the NHL, does that help you, you know, get, get through to these kids? Or are they just, it's like basically numb at this point? You know, I, I don't really, I don't bring it up on my own. It's not right. one of those, you know, I'll, I'll talk about uh, different experiences. Does it help? I mean, it, it really helps me because I know uh, what they're going through. Right. You know, I've been, I've been in those games where, where you're, you know, you're, you're ahead, you're down, you lose, you lose bad, you win, you know, whatever scenario it's been, um, I've, I've most likely been something similar to what all our players have gone through. You know, uh, I played for Tri-City. In the United States Hockey League, and we lost in our cup championship game. We lost in the final. So I, I have a I have a personal experience, firsthand knowledge of what it takes you know what to go through the league. And then when I did coach in Chicago for two years as a coach, we won the championship my second year. So I have a little bit of both experiences now with our league as a player and as a coach. I find that to be just extremely valuable to share that with our players. You know, even stories or examples, but just knowing, knowing when I talk to them, how to transfer that information to them, and how to be patient, or when to be patient, you know, those types of things, because 
this is a level where they've never they've never faced this adversity before in their lives because everybody who's played midget or travel hockey before they did junior hockey has probably been the best player. You know, has played a lot of minutes. Right. Maybe never never sat out, maybe never had an injury, never played three games in three nights. Maybe never never took in a five you know, four hour bus trip on the day of the game and had to play. You know, those types of experiences which which are what's allowing them to be ready for the next level. So for me and, and for the players I hope I, I think they do see that for our staff the same way. Our other coaches that uh, everybody has personal experiences that they can dip into that really help relate to the players. Right. And I know, you know, this league you mentioned, you know, three games, three nights, the bus rides, you know, hours long. That's taxing on the players, but how taxing is it on the coaching staff? <laughs> I think it's even more taxing. I won't lie. We, right. uh, we'll, we'll joke around about it with our hips and our back, you know, the playing days. One of uh, my former teammates used to call the bus the bone rabbler. <laughs> it would just, it would just jumble everything up. And here, when you, you don't move and you're working out and skating like you do when you play, uh, the body, uh, uh, you know, affects you different ways. So it, it, it's funny. For us, you know, it's nowhere near the grind that what the players are going through. And I'll need to remind us of that because it's like, hey guys, we could be playing those games. We don't, we don't. Right now, we can drink some coffee. We yeah. got to find a way to dig it and motivate these guys. Uh, but it, uh, we go through it together, that's for sure. But going back to your career, um, like when you first started playing hockey, what drew you to the position of goalie? Yeah, when, when I was first playing, I, I played to essentially where they, they you know, they picked their, their assigned position. Uh, I was fast. I don't know if you hear this a lot, but I was pretty fast. Right. I equipped. You know, when it came to the point of, oh, when I first, when I first saw my uh, first uh, goalie skate, so the kid who came into the room, his name is Brad Smith, he brought in his own brand new pair of goalie skates, and he had that white case around him. There's something about it, I always remember that day, I was like, that is so unique, those are so cool. <laughs> and I was, always the, I was always the one that they put in that position, and this was kind of like, I naturally had a little thing for him, I just realized that at the time, I loved playing the other position. But they really put me back into it, put me back in goal. I, I, honestly, I thought it was a little boring at times, you know, when you're playing light hockey and stuff. But, you know, I kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and I started to wear the gear, and I loved the opportunity to make the big save, be, be that last line of defense. And it became just a passion. It became really, really exciting. My dad, my mom, and I, and my sister, like, well, hockey is a big part of all of their lives. So as, as everybody knows, expensive sport. Um, I feel that my dad and all the equipment we had to buy over the years. But, right. Uh, that was kind of how how it worked. I just started to really just love the whole part of it from the equipment on to the position and time like situation to keep uh, embracing the position. And I did it. And it's a, it's a special uh, uh, position to play, that's for sure. Yeah. When, when did you feel like this could be like a career for you? Um, you know what is something to add on to. I think the big thing is, you know, when you're when you're playing a sport at a young age, whatever it might be, you you latch on to different role models, stuff like that, right? And I remember being a big fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Felix Pop, and Curtis Johnson, right. those guys. Uh, you know, I saw their equipment, I saw their their awesome different approaches to the game, and I took to that. Um, and then as I was playing. The question asked, if we can do, like, this is probably something that 
college, Division One, or whatever it might be. Um, it was right when, right when uh, um, the club, the Honey Baked Hockey Club in Michigan, uh, I was playing like Double A in the very beginning. Uh, they found, they, they came, they watched me, they talked about bringing me to go play AAA. Right when that happened, you know you're playing with the best players now. Your age group in in Michigan, Michigan today, uh, you know, very very high end area for for talent. And I think that uh, at that point when I went to that team, we started to play in the most competitive tournaments, and we were winning. We were doing well against all the other, uh, you know, all the other talent in, in, in Canada and all across the world. That's where it was like this. This is something that I I'm gonna really really pour into and uh, try and go after. Right, and then you um, you know, went from you know Tri City to University of Denver. Uh, were there many like schools recruiting you and what made you decide on going to Denver? Um, you know, I actually I was in I was in the North American Hockey League. I played for Pittsburgh. Uh, that's where I uh, where I went for Mississippi Junior Hockey and uh, I owe them a lot of, uh, for bringing me in there and that's where I got my scholarship to go play at the University of Denver. And uh, the next year I played for Tri-City because of the senior goal and timing. I played an additional year in USHL, but I did get my scholarship as a North American League, like to the Pittsburgh Forge. Um, at the time, you know, with with the goalie position, it's all about timing, right? You know, right. they have a junior, sophomore, senior. Um, I did have a lot of, uh, when I played in North American League, I was getting some interesting rules uh, for that first year. So I would only play one year junior hockey and went. And I said to myself, I was like, I don't know if I'm quite ready yet. You know, and I started to tell my coach, like, I want to come back to Pittsburgh for one more year to really, like, feel mature, ready to make my jump in Division One, And that opened, that opened up more doors and different colleges. So, like, I had those CCHA schools, I was taking visits. And then Denver Denver jumped in right away and they said, we want you for a year to go for you to take that year. And I went on a visit and, I mean, I don't want to sound bad. Uh, you know, uh, googly about it, but I, I, I love the staff, I love the area, I trusted the people. Uh, one of my good friends on that junior team committed there, and that's where I, that's where I was going. When I went on my visit, I was like, I'm going to Denver, this is where I'm going to be, and I had no idea about it, because from a geographical standpoint, growing up in Michigan, all I knew about was the CCHA, and I didn't really even know about that side of uh, Division One hockey, just the way it was at the time, the right. social media. You know, I was dial-up on AOL when I was a young kid. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not that old, but I'm not that old, but we didn't have Twitter. We didn't see the whole side of uh, uh, college hockey. And then I was I was opened up to that. And uh, that staff I owe a lot to because uh, that was a, that was an unbelievable opportunity to be a part of the Denver Pioneers. Yeah. You had to get those AOL discs, the 3.0, in the, you know, in the stores. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The old AOL base. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I still use my AOL email address. You know. Me too. Yeah. I, I get a lot of slots for it. I so do I. Slots, yeah. So do I. But, you know, I figured I, I've had it so long, why change, right? <laughs> why change it? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, uh, you know, Denver had, you know, former Islander goaltender too, uh, you know, Wade Dubowitz, you know, a few yep. years before yep. you. Uh, you know, you, you won a title, you know, senior year. I th- think you won junior year too. You played, you know, split time, correct? Yeah, yeah, we, we won my, my freshman year. Uh, they won the year before, and then I came in, and it was a very unique time because, like I said, I committed the year before that. Right. So Do- Doobie, Doobie was still uh, there, and, 
So that year I committed. Uh, du- I met Dubowitz on my visit. He had these really cool copper, bright pad. Mm-hmm. Bertel was there. They had an unbelievable duo. And Doobie was going to sign Bill Pro, and he did the Islanders. And then Burkle was going to take over and be a senior that year uh, with uh, Bogey by the name Glenn Fisher. And Glenn would have been a soft, he would be a soft when I came in the following year, uh, freshman sophomore too. And they just, Denver was kind of producing a one-two punch like that. And they did a phenomenal job to uh, Steve Miller, Seth Abbott, uh, Derek Lalonde, David LaSalle, these are the coaches that went in there and they just kept producing goalies that were drafted. They had Salon, the Chevry, Britain, and this went on and on for a long time. So I was I was thrilled to be a part of that, uh, you know, those rotations, the goalies that were going through. And, uh, and Dubowitz, you know, he was, he was an incredible goalie. I remember, you know, his, is run there getting the Islanders in the playoffs and it's a special belief to be a part of that and Denver um, um, has a great program they, they do that all the time so right and they also had um, Paul Stasny right I believe he was your teammate as well right yeah Paul is uh, Paul is my teammate he was my roommate for a couple of years we, we had Matt Call Hobie Baker winner right uh, Brett, Brett, Brett Skinner as well Big time with the Islanders. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So there was, there was a good amount of guys. I, I think uh, Caldwell, maybe Caldwell. So they they produced the truck. It, it, it goes on and on. Obviously, since I was there, but uh, you know, good little feeder to the Islanders system as well. Yeah, absolutely. Any any good stories living with uh, Paul? Uh, you talking about with uh, Paul Stabney? Yeah. Yeah, you know the the fun part was is. Uh, so when we moved in together, we had a two-bedroom apartment in the garden unit, no air conditioning. <laughs> so our, so- uh, our sophomore year, we lived together. We would just, you know, we'd be blasting fans. We'd be cooking every night, like just straight college students. And Paul's just such a great person. Really, really smart. You know, his dad, Peter, was just really smart with how to approach life. Really smart with you know, how you approach things, money, life, and all that stuff. So our sophomore year, we played together. Uh, we wanted to we, you know, played two years together, and then that year, that summer, uh, he signed. So he signed an NHL contract, uh, and we were living together. We were going to live together the next year, and he signed with the Colorado Avalanche. Right. So we're, he's just like, well, I'll just say. So he, in a two-bedroom garden, he didn't know he was playing with the Colorado Avalanche as a rookie. I mean, he had an unbelievable year. And we ended up, the funniest part of it all is uh, Joe Mullen, uh, the U.S. Hall of Fame right. uh, hockey player. His son, his son Patrick Mullen, was at our school, and he moved in with us the same <laughs> year. So we, we had a food charter in the front room. Paul and I had our bedrooms. <laughs> right. I was living with two Hall of Famer sons, and we split this place while you know, he was flying to Montreal and coming back at 3 a.m. and waking that up on the couch. And there's the three of us. We were roommates while he was playing in the NHL. We were playing for Denver. <laughs> it, was, it was really unique. It lasted half a year. That's just how Paul was. Just so down to earth. We had a lot of fun together. Right. Did uh, when when Paul was out with the with the Avalanche? Did uh, did uh, Brett steal uh, Brett uh, Patrick steal his uh, room at all? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. He he would have his room. He, he, he changed. Like Paul was just. Paul never changed. He had a Volkswagen Jetta. He, <laughs> he drove his Jetta. He, 
hate in our apartment. I think the avalanche at some point are like, hey, we gotta get you to move, you know, move out <laughs> right. to a more different situation. And, and you know, they added his parents do like we had a great relationship and stuff like that. So uh, he took us to dinner. We had a, we had overheard a conversation he had on the phone. We, we were waiting for it to happen, but uh, we all stayed in touch. Obviously, after that, he's just down the street, like the avalanche. Right, that's awesome. So after yeah. yeah, after your time in Denver, you you know you're obviously undrafted, so you're basically a free agent. Uh, how many yeah. teams were actually looking for you in, in the NHL, and why settle on the Islanders? Well, they they had a, they had showed interest for a pretty long time, several years. Uh, Toby O'Brien was uh, one of the scouts, and I'd done interviews with that. Uh, psychological interviews just kind of met with some of the scouts there were a couple different teams they just they stepped up uh, pretty early like right right away there were some conversations with them after my junior year as well uh, very preliminary there's a little bit of talks about signing a pro contract uh, I, I had some injuries I wasn't really kind of complete with my college career then so I didn't go into it in, in uh, you know in depth per se but they, they stepped up they were the one uh, they had a great opportunity, and uh, because of that relationship and knowing that my agent at the time, he's like, this is where you got to go. These guys really like you. They've watched you long enough. And plus, you know, you know that there's some injuries and stuff that had been going on with Ricky, where it was like, this could be something, a great opportunity to right. get some time right away. And it did. They ended up working out great. Unfortunately for, you know, Ricky and stuff like that. But uh, that's just kind of what you look for as a cap to get an opportunity to play. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, you go to Bridgeport, and I think uh, was it Jan Denny was down there with you, correct? Yeah, right when I signed, I'm like, okay, like this could be a good opportunity. You need college thinking, you know, that you're a pretty strong candidate, a pretty big prospect, right? You always do that. You yeah. go and you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just one of a lot of players that are special here, you know? And right. Jan Denis, on a one-way contract. You get a two-year deal, one, one-way deal, and I'm going, oh wow, like this a fun fun opportunity but you know what like you learn any chance you have to go up and as you're trying to prove yourself professionally if you can be as good or better than those guys that's where you get the opportunity so I was I really like Jan he went up pretty quickly when I was there uh, he, he had to go up right away with an injury but he, he was such a calm composed goalie and that really helped me transition to mature my game uh, when I spent the several like kind of months at the beginning of the year and then we had time up together with the Islanders too so that was kind of a cool transition to be at the NHL level together and stuff like that so it's just unbelievable competition when you get to the American League and NHL it's just a cut yeah I, I can imagine where, where did you live um, when you were at the Sound Tigers we um, I lived in Milford Milford yeah uh, okay. kind of yeah I fell across a um, just a nice uh, next to the three-bedroom uh, beach house and you're probably familiar like you get these uh, paper thin wall beach houses of course and, you know they're like yeah they're about to like blow right over when the wind's bad in the, in the winter time but uh, uh it was a great it was a great spot very well i had uh mike uh i had Eggleton, he lived right next door to me okay uh yes he went to lived about two about two three minutes down from us uh uh, Mark Watt the right down the street. Like we would carpool together every day. We had a really, really uh, it was a pretty, pretty special group. Uh, the Sound Tiger group. I was with a lot of good veterans, and we really had a great success there. 
Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the area is, you know, nice. You know, we, we, we've been around here for like almost 20 years now. It's uh, it, it's great. Uh, so, but you're, you get called up to the Islanders, I think, you know, fairly quickly. I think it was like no, the end of November. Um, when you, you get in, you get into a game, I think Joey McDonald kind of got bombed against the Bruins and, and they throw you right in. Uh, so you really didn't have much time to kind of like get crazy about your uh, first appearance. You get thrown right in. Uh yeah. What was that like? It was it was crazy. Uh, I had played I think six or seven American League hockey games, and then they made the switch. Uh, I don't remember at the time. I think Jan wasn't playing much, and I uh, I was fortunate to have a good start. They said let let's give it a go. So I went up, and Joey Mack was playing awesome hockey when I was there. Right, and uh, and then it was that early early Boston game, you know, and I was trying to, we were trying to find a routine as the NHL call-up backup goalie, you know, and, and I had, was up for several games, Joey was like really, really good, and I, you know, there were a couple moments in certain games where like maybe, 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 and then, you know, he, he would make, he would get in a good place in the game, in that particular game, uh, I mean, that's when, that's when Boston is, you know, they had everybody, um, from uh, Devard, Bergeron, to Wheeler, right, and uh, in Castle, uh, they were they were the number one team, and I think we were we were struggling. We were struggling, but uh, right, it was a weird timing. Uh, it was in the third period, and they just started uh, to kind of run away with it. And I think we were, I think we were down four one or something. Uh, Gordo put me in, and he yelled down. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear anything after one of the goals. And I said, I, I kind of thought to myself, I think coach is yelling at him, and I looked down. Point go go go, and uh, yeah, I got shout up for Stalia. Like they, they came. I mean, I remember taking that shot, lob shot to the chest, Ooh. knocked the wings out of me. Yeah, and then they got a power play. Uh, Witter had a fight right in front of me. They got a power play. They went far down. It was just, it was crazy. It's just like a whirlwind. It felt like it was uh, four hours, but it's just like <laughs> 12, 13 minutes stick. You know, and I, and like I said, it's a couple of power play goals, you know, like, they just kept coming. A team just kept coming in waves. And uh, it was special. I got a chance to get in the NHL uh, in that short period of time. Uh, it was a great wake-up call. Like, I got sent down right after the game. Right. And uh, I, I had to find my game. I had to get back to that level and, and prove to myself and everybody that, you know, hey, it's... I do, I do belong here, and I, I can play a game and win a game or whatever it might be. And, and that took a while. So. Yeah, and I remember. I think you ended up going to Utah after that, right? Because I don't think you played too much in Bridgeport when you got sent down, right? Yeah, that was it. It was just a, it was the first, I think, fourteen minutes. I was up for a handful of games. I got sent down, and then it got into a weird place because we had a lot of injuries. Um, I was basically kind of the back and forth guy. Right. I, uh, I, went, I went back to uh, Bridgeport, was playing, things went, went okay, and then around Christmas, or around All-Star break and everything, I uh, I didn't play either level. I was back in a game in the NHL, and then I'd go right back down for two, three days, go back up, back the game up in the NHL, then go down, and I would miss like, the American League games, because I was like in between, so I, you know, the game suffered a little bit because I was still trying to figure out that level, be both levels, right? Like, I was trying to figure out the therapy, and it's just, it's just so different in their, their, own, in their own sense of the game. And, uh, and I was just, I wasn't getting practice. And, but that, that's, that's how 
it is, you just have to figure it out and make sure you're doing extra stuff and not get goalie attention from the goalie coaches. Um, just trying to survive, but also enjoy as much as I could. And, uh, it was wild. I was up, you know, watching Sidney Crosby, and then I'd be back down, backing up again in the American League, practicing for two, three days. It's just a back and forth kind of scenario during the year. You know, there, just to sum it up, there was a point where they sent me down to the uh, East Coast of Utah right. uh, to, to play games. And I, I was like, oh, I was like, took a deep breath but I'm like I don't want to go down I'm like no one ever wants to keep going down a level but I was like I need to play hockey right and uh, in two weeks I think I played eight games in two weeks wow and that was the that was the plan was to go down and play a ton of hockey and I did I played every every other game I played every game I was there and when I went back up after that I felt really cool really thankful for the time in Utah met a lot of really nice people good guys on the team and everything and I was able to go back to Bridgeport, play strong, have a good, good run, and that led for me to get the call up and then play in my, uh, play in my first couple of games. Right. When 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 you got called up, did, would you immediately start? Was that was that like the, the plan, or do you kind of back up before you ended up starting? And they never really tell you when. I know. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a, kind of one of those. I um, I went up. They, they call me usually a little bit later, like uh, last last minute on, you know, kind of the surprise phone call. You get in, you're like, okay, I'm leaving tonight at six, or you know, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. So I remember I uh, I flew out, and we were in. Uh, we should believe it or not, we went back to uh, Boston. I'm like, oh boy, right. you know, and, and they uh, didn't play that game, but they did an interview after the game in Boston on the bench, as if I was playing the next day in Chicago and I remember being like oh are you guys telling me something and they're like no no like, just in case you do and I'm like well, this is weird so I'm, I'm like doing an interview on the bench like as if I'm playing my first pitch the next day and uh, so like I do that there it was again the early games so we fly out from Boston to Chicago which was really nice my parents got to come to Chicago and my girlfriend who, went, who was my wife now we went to grab dinner that night and everything like that and then I, I, uh, I got the phone call that morning, the next morning, from uh, Gordon. Yeah, I answered the phone. He's like, you're going tonight. I said, all right, sounds good. And then that was it. That was it. I was in Chicago. I thought up the day up, and I, I couldn't look back. Were you more nervous for that start or that kind of that relief appearance you had in Detroit? I mean, Boston, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I was, yeah, the nerves. Right. The nerves, like, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they were they were there anybody anybody who gets the first uh, start knowing you're playing that day uh, it was awesome I mean like, the whole day I should, it's like you hear from so many people you roll around tough to lay down and rest but people know when you're going to play you know people want to get the game on TV so people are buying the package you know I remember my cousin from Florida just to get your life long dream you work so hard I know my parents work so hard you know my sister dedicated her life just the whole thing right like you're you're thinking about everybody that helped you get the least side in. Mean, right. This is incredible. I'm so excited to be a boy. You know, do this for them and be a part of it. Like everything I worked for was this opportunity to play in the team. Obviously, it's special, special rink uh, with how many people are there and how loud it can be. And uh, yeah, I was I was pretty I was pretty jacked up the whole day and ready to both that game. Right. And, and your parents were still living in Michigan at the time, right? 
Oh, so, yeah. So it actually worked out, you know, short flight to Chicago rather than going to like Florida or Vancouver or something like that. So it kind of worked out nicely. Yeah, I mean, they they were in a calm. They knew kind of that when I got called up like that, I was going to be in Chicago early. So right. They were meeting me there. We, we, went, we were going to dinner no matter what and all that stuff. So thank you to the uh, coaching staff and, uh, you know, the GM that allowed that game to be my first game. Right, and then yeah, the Blackhawks just peppered you with shots that game, and you you just turned them aside. You were unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's again, uh, it's funny to think about that. Boston's like one of the top teams. Chicago was one of the top teams. I think they won the cup the next year. Right. Um, um, they get to play against Tabe Bullock, you know, as a Stanley Cup winner. Uh, all, all the things were there, and just be able to find a rhythm. I just remember we battled. We got it was a huge win to the Islanders. I was it was really big. We you're kind of going through a tough time, but to be able to go up and win that and form kind of relationships with some of the guys was really cool. Yeah, and it's too bad that you couldn't get a game in at home. You know, all the games you played in were all road games. I know that's the only the only home game I got to play uh, with Atlanta. In that cleanup duty, and that was pretty quiet. You know, right. not, not a lot of fans at the game. Yeah, but I did get into a, I did get into a third period with the Winnipeg Jets. That was special, and that was the first year they were back. Right. So you're, you're right. Like I always, I always looked around at the Coliseum, and I was like, this is such a unbelievable, special place. The history. Yeah. You just being in the locker room and knowing like this, you know, like all these different things. And to be there, it would have been surreal to uh, play a game there. But you, and it's the way it goes. You know, you never really have a um, a set plan at that level. You just have to be prepared for whatever's thrown at you. Right. So you spend the one year with the Islanders, and then you uh, you sign with the Lanner. What was there ever uh, talk about staying with the Islanders? Or what happened there? Essentially, uh, when the the season when I was telling you I was going up and down, up and down. Right. Um, Nathan, Nathan lost and okay. had come up. Right. And Nathan, Nathan was playing really well. Um, he did a really good job. So he's he stuck with the uh, sound tiger. And like I said, we had a really good team. He's a very good goalie. He had, a, he had put together a really good year that year. Um, I kind of got the up and down game. And then uh, we went back. Uh, him and I went finished the year. We went to playoffs all that stuff with and when it came to uh, that summer and uh, qualifying offers, I, I just didn't qualify. I qualified uh, Nathan and then had the uh, young guys drafted at the time. I remember the draft and started to sort of load up on young goalies. Who lived with coming? Um, yeah. so I just was the odd, I was, I was the odd man out of Right, because I think they dra- they drafted. Poulin and was it Koskinen or Niels, Anders Nielsen? One of those, uh, uh, both those. I, yeah, I think they, I think they got both the Euros, and then they had. We already had Poulin draft. Oh, from the year before, the I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Poulin and with the two big giant Euros, right? Like, okay, the time here is going to be done. <laughs> you know yeah, mean? So, exactly. Uh, the, way, the way the numbers stack up, right? But then, like you know, you play you know a bunch of different teams in the AHL. Uh, like, what was your favorite city to play in? I'm sure Chicago must have been nice. That's a loaded question for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure they were all great to, to be PC. <laughs> they, they, they really were. They all have their different pieces to it. You know, even, like, even Binghamton, it's an okay, you know, town, whatever, but it's a special place to play. It's right. a tight park, loud, they love their feet. I, 
father was born there. You know, I, I always, I'm a person of experience. I like, I really go all in wherever I am because, you know, you just want to really uh, experience everything about it. Like in Manchester, I'm up different restaurants, different places. Like, we, we really appreciated it all. Portland was amazing, really cool people, water, uh, unbelievable food, great support there. Uh, I was very fortunate to uh, play uh, it's just great organization and uh, enjoyed Bridgeport. Frank Pepe's Pizza will always be yes. part of my life. Yeah, it's great. Um, and, and then I, I can't neglect the Chicago Wolves. Like, that's basically like a mini NHL. They're just their family there, Wendell and Courtney. Uh, those people are just, they're awesome. You know, so I was, I was really fortunate to play for small organizations. Yeah. When, you know, with Atlanta and then, you know, the whole team basically moves to Winnipeg, what, what was, like, your initial, you know, reaction to that? I was really bummed. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I kind of, after uh, my, my uh, one year with the Islanders, I signed a one-year deal with Atlanta Thrashers right on the first day of free agency. They up right away. I look back on that. I'm like, geez, that was, that was lucky. You know, waiting game on really tough the day. Because they were in the mix the year before, and then they stepped up. And uh, I right away found out that their farm team was in Chicago. I didn't really know that at the time. I just was in the East. Right. And my wife, my wife, who was my girlfriend, she was working in at right where they practice. So her family down the street and all that. I was like, this is surreal. I could be hmm. kind of close to home and I have her and my family there. Right. So, to have, so I had that one year there. And then I signed a two-year deal. So I signed a two-year deal with the Thrashers. And the first year was done. Up my two-year deal. And then all of a sudden, with Thrashers. So you, I was like, I didn't know what to think. Well, we were going to be going to St. John. And that was so far away. But I was also excited about potentially playing in Canada. And, I mean, they're incredible there. Those people are outstanding. Fans. Winnipeg treated us really, really well. Uh, it was a it was a great thought, but at the same time, I knew that I was going uh, with an existing contract to an organization that was basically wanting to start fresh and do their way and make their own impact, and and that's what a lot of us, the rushers, the prospects went through. We were the transition that were kind of existing, um, and we were there for our time. Um, I was one of them that kind of got pushed, and I ended up getting traded. I went to Portland. Uh, the AHL team, and um, that's part of a lot, and even part of the way it goes. So uh, that that definitely took a big, uh, it made a big change in my career because then I, I always, you know, kind of fought with the American League contract and stuff like that. But that's, that's something I experienced, and um, uh, I, I just know how it goes. Right. When did you know that you know it was time to hang up? Yeah, like I said, I started the battle. Uh, Pretty unfortunate injuries, hip, hip surgery. I had a really bad yeah, groin injury when I was in Manchester. Took me out in November. Uh, Martin Jones and I were playing, and I was done for the rest of the year. Um, that led all the way up to the start of the next year when I finally broke there. I re-injured it, and I had a I had that injury going on. And when I was in Binghamton, I had a knee injury. And it just got it got hard. And when, when my daughter was born in Binghamton, uh, it was the last game of the season. Missed the last game I was with my wife. Uh, when we went home, and, you know, the whole travel, we had to pack up U-Haul, and I had to travel with my wife, who's just a 
together a baby, you know, this new baby girl. We had a town home in Chicago. It just really started to see life differently. You know, and saying like, if I'm going to keep battling here, I have no problem with that. I love eating. I love getting the opportunity. Love the leave. Uh, but it just started to be like, this is uh, a bigger picture. You know, there's other people in my life that are uh, more important in, in my eyes at that point. That's where I was like, I need to start with that coaching. This was great. Uh, good luck with your game tonight and uh, with the rest of the season. And uh, talk to you soon. No, I, I appreciate it too. And, you know, I, my time with uh, uh, the Islanders was special. And I can always uh, say thank you to the, you know, the organization for giving me that opportunity. And uh, do, you, do you ever been to the Bocce Cafe down the street at Coliseum? Ever been there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, many times. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's now it's crazy because with the two arenas, you know, sometimes you just don't know wh- yeah. where they're playing in it. But it's it's good that they're getting the new arena in, in a couple years, so finally you don't have to go back and forth, and it's long overdue. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you ever have a chance to come out to Des Moines, the uh, our rink is uh, this organization we're celebrating our fortieth anniversary, and uh, it's it's really cool, like the. Uh, Yeah, that'd be great. I really appreciate it. Scott Scott Clemenson, right? He's part owner of the team? He, he is, yes. He's one of the owners. And, uh, he brings a great passion, obviously, knowing all the different levels as well. So we're, we're fortunate to have great ownership here and uh, great support. That's great. Now, um, one more question. Did you, um, like, is this, like, a stepping stone for you, or do you, you want to you know, coach, like, in the A or, you know, even, like, NHL? And a special thanks to Peter for joining me today. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at thefirstnoll19 or at lighthousehockey.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Lighthouse Hockey channel on iTunes and check out all the great shows we have, like PT Isles, Islander Anxiety, Isles Buzz, My Favorite Islander Game, and of course, Islander Award winners. And go to vintageicehockey.com for all your defunct logos, t-shirt, hoodies, mugs, they're all there. Use the code PLUS15 for 10% off. We'll see you next time. Lighthouse Effects.